0: So.
1: <laughs>
0: Bling. hello viewers and listeners we're back and we're back on james bond what was the um the name His russian version name in this movie did anyone spot that obviously what? not james bond yeah when he was in the um ambulance they showed a card oh, oh yeah, it was, yeah. Um...
2: did anyone want to see it it was a rubbish kind of attempt to master the name, wasn't it? But, yeah, I did see it. I can't remember what it said. Though. Was it James it down, but...
1: Bondi or something like that?
0: <laughs>
2: <sure>. <laughs> I think it was ridiculous. Like Jersey or something. Yeah, that's Bondon.
1: Yeah, Jersey
0: Bondolon or
2: something. Oh, fucking
0: brilliant! <laughs> anyway, we're um, obviously we're back on James Bond tonight, and I've got Justin with me and Samir with me, and here yeah, we're going to talk about uh, the Living Daylights, and it is the first for Timothy Dalton. So, it should be an interesting one to see how we all think Timothy Dalton did. So, let's talk about it. KGB agents. One's a double agent. Bond is sent on a secret mission to go and kill the head of the KGB because they think he's trying to escalate war in Afghanistan and buy weapons and all that kind of stuff. So, there's an awful lot going on in this film cast, let's do a quick cast read obviously Timothy Dalton as Bond as his first appearance uh, Miriam Dabo who plays Kara Milovi Cara, I thought it was Clara for a moment it was Kara Milovi Jeron Crab I think that's how we pronounce his name uh, he plays General Georgie Kozkov. Joe Don Baker. He plays Brad Whitaker. Now Joe Don Baker is one of those characters that, you, one of those actors that you may not recognise his name, but when you see him, you go, "Oh, that guy!" You know, he's one of those types. John Rhys Davies, he plays General Londed Pushkin. And Art Malik, Cameron Shah, he plays. Um, we should give a mention to Andreas, Weissnowski. I think that's how you pronounce that. He plays Necros, and he was the guy that was in Die Hard. Yes. He was one of the twins. So that's why I thought I'd mention him. All right. Cast synopsis done. Samir, what have you got, fact wise? Anything? The New L-
1: L- L- Day Lights. Okay, uh, so this was Tim Dalton's first uh, outing as Bond, as we know. But he had actually turned down the role five times, once in the late 60s, when actually he was asked if he wanted to play Bond in, on Her Majesty's Secret Service. And I think he was around 23, 22, 23 at the time. And he said, Sorry, guys, I think I'm too young. Plus, I don't, I don't want to follow uh, the footsteps of uh, the great Sean Conry because at the time he was the only player, a guy who had played Bond and it would have been scary. So he ter- turned the offer down. Then, in the uh, early to mid-80s, uh, he was asked again, and he said no, and as you know, there's also a backstory where I think he was favoured to actually take over in 83 uh, as well, and as you know, that, uh, Sean came back, and that's why we had Roger Moore for the next two movies. Another fact is, it was uh, also an end of the era, basically, for the uh, Bond movies, because John Berry, who who's a legend, legend basically when it comes to composing music, et cetera. He's worked with the Beatles, Rolling Stones, you name it, and done quite a few of the uh, Bond movies. And this was the last one he actually scored, and which was amazing, actually, when you think about how successful successful he was. But obviously, the Bond uh, directors realised they were getting close to the end of the decade, obviously. So- so John Barry did every single bond up till this one. I think oh, he did eleven. One. He he did eleven of them, right? Uh, because mm. I think uh, if I uh, think George Campbell did some of them. Another now Martin Campbell, who was also a famous composer, I think he did few of them as well. And the other thing was, Dalton wasn't really scared of doing stunts. So when you see, you know, him uh, the actual Land Rover going down the sort of curvy roads on the rock. He actually uh, did the stunt there and um, you could tell the difference between the last movie of you to a kill and this one <laughs> where you obviously had a younger guy who was willing to do the uh, uh, sort of action scenes, etc. Yeah. And it made a big whole difference and he thought, wow, uh, Bond is back. As you know, Casino Royale in 2006 was a prequel, but actually yeah. originally this was meant to be a prequel and end of the movie uh, Tim Dole and James Bond goes into the office and, and actually assigns him the Doctor No uh, mission so that was the idea but it got scrapped for some reason that they used it in Casino Royale so it wasn't a case that Casino Royale was the mm-hmm. first movie that they thought about it it was actually Living Daylight was the one they really thought about doing that but didn't
0: do it for some reason I so think it would have <laughs> made it interesting yeah, so, that, so they were planning on doing Doctor No and the whole lot over again. Uh, no, no, no. So what would
1: have been... <clears throat> it, it's like um, what we were discussing um, last week with uh, Good, Bad and Ugly, where it was a prequel when the others came before. So it, oh, would, see, have think, yeah. Yeah, so it would have been the same sort of thing, but uh, they would have given an impression, because uh, Tim Dalton was a new Bond, uh, this is a prequel where he's done his first mission the living daylights was the mission but this would have been the actual top the top the, the highest level of missions so he would have been assigned the doctor no mission I at the end of the movie so that was the idea but they didn't do that uh, the following act is actually uh, auditioned for the living daylights do you remember sam neil from um a jurassic jurassic park yeah 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 he impressed everyone, except, as Justin calls him, chubby broccoli, but uh, cubby hmm. broccoli. <laughs> and um, he said, no, we don't want him. People also don't know, actually, they had announced Pierce Brosnan this Bond. He had actually signed a contract. And mm-hmm. what happened, Remington yeah. Steel was going to get cancelled because uh, the uh, audience had gone down and stuff like that. And because he was announced as Bond, suddenly there was interest in Remington Steele And then a 30 day or 60 day clause from sort of him releasing them. And with two or three days left, I said, okay, we're going to sign you, we're going to start a new series. And Albert Brockley said, I don't want Remington, Bond to be Remington still, because there were some similar sort of of traits that both of them had, and he didn't want that. There were two, Mel Gibson was recommended by the studios.
0: Uh, yeah, I, I read that recently. Actually, United Artists yeah. suggested him because they well, thought they kept be,
2: yeah yeah
0: it'd be good for box office yes yeah. and they, the uh,
2: United kept on recommending Americans whenever it came up for opportunity because they want but the they wanted British actors so they humoured them with it but they wanted British actors not American actors no um, so but, it, uh, it was never it was never going to happen but United kept thinking that well you know we keep picking up these films you know we we feel that you're obliged to start. Accepting some of our suggestions, but there's no, he's a British actor,
1: yes. But don't forget, although people uh, forget this, although Mel Gibson was born in America but lived in Australia all his life, so we already had an Aussie, and we always think that Australians are closer to us uh, than Americans. So that well, was one only of the because reasons we have the same and...
2: monarch and it's a British Empire, mate. That's the only reason we do have, yeah, a, yeah, a huge similarity. Um, we on do. That point of view. The same as British Columbia with Canada
1: Yes, exactly But the only thing is I think we feel we're closer to New Zealand and Australia Than even Canada Because Canada is still like Sort of semi-America, sorry Canadians Um, Hmm. That was interesting Do you remember uh, Do you remember the series uh, Dynasty uh, in the 80s There was an actor called Michael Nider Who played Max or something in there and he was Joan Collins' husband at one point, or whatever. And he was considered as Bond, and I think an American guy, a very famous actor in the '80s. But why would he? Why would we have him as Bond? Because Bond is essentially British. The other uh, effect is budget. Budget was forty million, and he had a box office of one hundred and ninety-one point two million. So he did pretty well for our first housing. Very good return. The final fact is the Living Daylight book is where actually Born was assigned on sniper duty, but it was nothing to do with uh, saving the KGB. It was trying to help a, a British agent uh, number 272 escape from East Berlin, and it was basically, when he gets onto you know, the neutral uh, no-man's land between East and West Berlin, uh, the Berlin Wall, was mm. basically make sure he gets there and the, assessing. assessing basically would be this uh, cello player. And that's the only part of the Living Daylights film relates to Living Daylights, the um, book. So the I would was...
2: say that I was shocked by that, but I'm not. Yeah,
1: yeah. no yeah. surprise there, eh? I'm going to go off my usual sort of information and research because this was a true this was the true 80s this was my peak as an 80s right as a 10 year old kid you know when you a 10 year old and you start basically liking wanking yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) and (laughs) yeah Yeah. so you know you're not about
2: to share your first experience with no Right, that's all right, then. You're
0: still really just, wanking well, at that stage, though, that early, is it? It's just a little, <laughs> bit, like, <ee-hee> feeling.
1: <laughs> <laughs> what was that? They were my first crushes as well. So I'm going to mention them. And I, I think the, that's why I want to say 87 was such an important year, because it, to me it was. Kim Wilde, oh, my God, mate. I'm telling you, I wish women were like that now, rather than having these Botox shit and oh, I eyebrows and uh, something hey, like right.
2: Oh, you're right, Samir. Do you need to like a moment? Get, uh, no, get, no, no, no.
1: Get, get, get excited. Go on. Yeah. <laughs> Kimbold, then he had Carly Malay. I should be so lucky. Right? And it was all that. And I don't know if you remember the VW advert, Paula Hamilton. I don't know if any of you remember that advert, but it was like the adverts were as good as movies, and she was another one. Wow. I'm turning I thought, bloody hell. But we went to... So you uh, had
2: a really blurry TV screen at this time, didn't you, Samir? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I
1: remember going to... We did the Far East as a family. And oh, our we first can edit one,
2: all this out, Paul, don't worry. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> we went to... Uh, first of was Bombay, and we went to the Taj Hotel, myself, my dad, and my sister. And I went to the swimming pool side... And oh my god, my first real life sort of crush was there. This lady, brunette, blue eyes, in a white bikini, and I went, my tongue fell out, and I thought, oh, wow. And I remember that, and that's why this movie is also very special because I remember it brings back all these memories uh, of my first first crushes and all the sort of experiences experiences you have as an adult. But anyway, yeah, that's why this movie is very much a movie I love, basically. And I appreciated it more this time, watching it and doing research than I ever have before. So that's it for me for this. Okay,
0: well, you've shot your load early then, so we won't
2: include you in the final Well, I, I was I, I do don't. final hey, thoughts, actually. Joke, joking I'm aside... Joking side, I think it's nice to share some, you know, some. Henry did that, didn't he? He was showing some personal uh, things, and actually, uh, I'm I'm going to do the same. Actually, yeah, with well, this, yeah, on my on my bit, yeah. Okay, yeah. Uh, can well, I just um,
1: finish one thing oh, off? Oh, Coming, oh, <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> they do say I last wrong, though. Yeah,
1: um, it was the second <laughs> Bond movie I saw on the big screen because. A view to a kill was so shit, I didn't even bother going. But this was the second one I saw that. So, yeah, it was that as well.
0: Okay. All right. Well, yeah, cheers, I'm um, Enjoying,
1: Justin. Your
0: lunch. Well, <laughs> Justin See you later, know? guys. I'm, what I'm do you want off? to, yeah?
1: See you uh, later. Da, 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 da.
0: So, Justin, what do you want to unburden yourself? What do you want to get out to the world?
2: Um, I spent a lot of my. Childhood in Eastbourne because that's where my dad was born and bred. So my granddad lived and my auntie lived, etc., etc. Uh, and the opening scene of Bond, of course, is where the jeep famously goes over the cliff, mm-hmm. uh, and they couldn't film uh, that in Gibraltar. <clears throat> the first film crew were doing the the beginning uh, with the uh, jeep down the hill. Uh, Just to echo what Samir said, one of the noticeable differences with this film is that Timothy Dalton does, did and wanted to do a lot of the own stunts himself. But anyway, so yeah, so the the second crew, uh, they had four uh, carbon fiber um, uh, Land Rovers made up uh, and they failed with three of them. And eventually on the fourth one, it fired off the beachy head uh, perfectly. Uh, The remote control parachute came out, the dummy came out and it exploded perfectly. Uh, etc but the the jeeps were at the bottom of the cliff for quite a long time they managed to recover because one of the deals was was the Dorset council said that you can do it uh, but you've got to clear all the debris Uh, so yeah so they were at the bottom and one of them was at the bottom of the cliff for uh, a very long time and I I can remember going and walking around it uh, when I was was a lad when you could actually reach out that far you could actually walk around there you can't now um, but you can then on low tide you could walk around there and I remember walking around this thing uh, and in it, and my dad telling me all about how they fired it off on the cliffs and all the rest of it. In terms of sort of <clears> observations <throat> of continuity generally with this, so uh, there was one slight big one, which i get out of the way now. So the, the Hercules, the C-130 uh, that they used for it, um, again, a bit like the helicopter in view to kill at the beginning. They had a full size, um, then like a four-to-one, then, then a couple of remote control ones. Um, and I don't know why but I think everybody spotted it at the end where he came and said when they were losing the engines and they said oh there's nowhere to set down here it was all a mountain range then suddenly they landed on a fucking road on a plane um, you know etc but they used a remote control uh, Hercules um, but of course at one point it's a two engine Hercules another point it's a four engine Hercules so they kind of messed it up a little bit but Everything else was almost identical. So you may not have necessarily spotted it, but yeah. uh, it was noticeable when that when it was coming in down because you could you could tell it was a little model plane with the blades. But you were so wrapped up in the amazement of the stunt, which was actually pretty cool. But on the on the plane um, with the uh, sacks f- uh, flapping at the back, uh, one of the stuntmen actually um, fell, and if the supporting guy hadn't have seen it, which is what his job was, so I guess he would have done. And jumped out after him, he would have died because he knocked himself out at the end where the thing is really yeah. going up and down. Yeah, That was um, fucking he... scary, though. When yeah. I was
0: watching that earlier, I was like, fuck
2: me, because there's a guy, you know, really yeah. going up
0: with it. Like, it hell.
2: Yeah. And one of the other accidents that, that happened was on the bridge uh, with one of the um, uh, our, our Shadim or whatever it was. Um, as they were going over the bridge, he fell off, he was shot and he fell off the horse. Uh, he actually very badly lacerated his um, arm oh, yes. right down to his artery, and he had to go and have emergency surgery, which um, Charlie Broccoli's missus helped with. Uh, we talked about um, John Barry, so this was the last one that he did. Can I
1: just uh, say something about the plane? Uh, yeah, yeah, of course you can. Yeah, yeah sorry about that. Yeah, well done. Uh, anyway, sorry. moving on. So <laughs> 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 it, it, it was actually the same plane they used for the actual um, practice operation at the start of the movie. was The it it? same Hercules, yeah. yeah Why are you drinking I had to out make... of
2: a jam jar? Oh, it's gin because I ran out of beer. Yeah, I I mean, I ain't enough... Not... not enough beer in the fucking world, mate. That's,
0: know, that's not a gin glass. Though. That's a
1: fucking
2: jam jar. Yeah, it? that's it's, what they use these days, don't it's they? A, it's like a, but it, it does look like a jam. Yeah, but anyway, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> modern trendy wanker. What's that crap yeah, Well, It should have a straw in it, but it, I thought you'd take the piss out of that. <laughs> and a little, so, fucking little paper umbrella in it and all with a cherry. Yeah. Anyway, right. yeah. They probably wouldn't have known this, but the conductor at the end, so at the end of the film, she's playing the violin she's doing that. A... <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's doing all her little pouting while she's playing the, the cello. Right. The conductor of the orchestra is John Barry. I just also wanted to mention the the um, helicopter, the Huey that uh, the medical Huey you see at the yes, um, the yeah. country house, yeah. um, was um, was actually uh, has a history of itself. It served in the Falklands, and uh, the British took it back off the Argentinian army uh, after they stole it apparently. Um, so they, I don't know whether that was kind of a fuck you to um, to say we're going to use your your helicopter. Um, well, that anyway. very one? That very helicopter. Yeah. All oh,
0: right.
2: Okay. Yeah. Uh, it was owned by the Argentinian army and captured by a British forces at Port Stanley in 82 Falkland. So I was just reading that one because uh, I'm mm. obviously military. I just found that one quite So quite You must
1: know that why they used the rock then in this movie. The rock? Yeah. The rock of Gibraltar.
2: Yeah. Oh, right. Okay. Well, only because it's... it's a nice place, isn't it? Right. No, yeah.
1: because uh, I don't know if you guys know, two years before that, there was a massive incident where. Four or five IRA uh, people were killed by the uh, SAS or something, and they were saying it wasn't lawful, and uh, it had become famous because of that.
2: It, there and was always the things used going it. on in Gibraltar. That was the, it still does even now controversy. But the yeah. last British troops left there in '91, uh, but it's still obviously a British uh, stronghold. And apparently, the is
0: apparently in Gibraltar, the water don't taste like what it water. water. Oh, yeah. Foster's wasn't it?
1: <laughs> Uh Heineken.
2: You're fuck. here all day for that one, I? Oh.
1: Was it Foster's or Heineken? I can I don't fucking comes. know. I just fucking oh, it. It's fuck it. <laughs> it my childhood. It was when I was a kid. No, Edward mate.
2: The Harrier jump jet would never mm. have been there flying out of Austria because it was a neutral country. It was a no-fly zone for all military vehicles. So <laughs> trying to extract somebody. Um imagine the racket that, that plane would have made. Um, so that was a load of old shit. That was a bit, bit crap. Um, that but he's was... just
1: trying to prove how powerful the British secret service is, mate. That's all.
2: Oh how stupid that sniper rifle that he's using. I mean, it's a bit over the top for a fifty-yard shot. I mean, you could have done that with a silenced pistol. It was very big, wasn't it? That it was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah what are you doing? Um, you know, and the, and the shot he did on the gun. You know the chances are um that, that would have ricocheted straight into her face the <laughs> splintering wood from it would have lacerated her face you know it it's would have nice. thrown the gun out of her hand it's just it's stupid it's stupid the uh, the Aston Martin we obviously get the return of the V8 Vantage in this one um beautiful car probably one of the prettiest Aston actually did but uh, they tried to disguise the fact that there was a massive continuity error in this, um, in the fact that it was a Volante convertible, yes. uh, and then turned into a, a, an India India coupe. Um, they tried to disguise it when he came in, and he said, oh, we're just winterizing the car, but uh, it's it still oh, right, stupid. again. Oh, Is that uh, the, a
0: bit where they're putting the roof on it? Yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah, they try right. and disguise the continuity by, it, by him saying, oh, we're just winterizing it at the moment, you know, etc. And did you know at that point where they were filming it that um, uh, Princess Di and uh, Prince Charles uh, had visited the Pinewood Studios? Um, yes. And the bit with with the ghetto blaster with the rocket launching and exploding was actually Prince Charles pressing the button for that to happen with the Aston Martin. So where the wheel comes off uh, mm. as he does that what looks like a massive circle that ends up actually only being a very tiny circle, which is like a, the size of what you'd only get if you did a donut, not like drive around. I, I don't mm-hmm. know why who thought of that. So well, let's make it look like the Aston Martins drive around in a big circle, cutting a hole, and then when you actually go on it, it's a quite a small hole. Something simple as that, just a bit stupid. But when the, the Aston Martin stops, you can see that the edge of the thing is serrated, like a like a knife. Uh, it's only you only see it in a split second. Um, but as the but as it jumps up over the the what's it, which by the way they ruined an Aston Martin doing that because it froze the valve. So when they tried doing it first time, it the, the, with the gas on the on the projecting thing, it froze. So it kind of went and it just kind of went, and just sort of went up and then dropped straight into the hut uh, and wrote off an Aston. But anyway, the uh, uh, you can see the tires on as it comes up and over again, which is a bit bit daft, and the the cello. Uh, yeah, case <laughs> which it, the concept of it when you actually think about it, oh, you could just open up the cello case, it opens up in two. I mean, it'd be better with a double bass case because it's bigger, but you can get the idea you can get somebody sat on either side and then sort of use it. it it's a perfectly conceivable concept, but of course, yeah. to do the stunt, you have to be able to steer it, it's got to be you know rigid. You could see the, the, the thing he was steering for the bottom of the cello was all rubbery. You know, sort yeah. of like bending, and those are sort of pull out. It's so a pull out pegs. You can set the height of the of the cello that he's sort of using. But you can see it's all like flimsy, um, yeah, right? And stuff. Is that not interesting though? No. Well, well, no, I, no, I
0: just, no, just I couldn't picture it. All I've got is oh. like two cunts going down a fucking snowy yeah. mountain in a in a supposedly a cello case.
2: Largely, that's probably. I, th- I think sort of the the fairground scene i they they sort of just commented to how you know when the you know when the door s- smashes on matey boy and he', he Saunders, presses, yeah Saunders, and he and he does the balloon yeah. um you know that got quite a lot of criticism at the time, you know saying oh you know sort of the revengeful look of Bond, but it was one of the things he wanted to try and get into Bond was that that sort of more humanized element that he actually was becoming a friend and uh, you know the fact he went after the first balloon that he'd seen quite vigorously even though he had no idea that was even related to it sort of showed that human element um you know mm. jumping over and thinking oh shit that's not anything to do with it and sort of that, that that sort of rea- um that response or reaction you know rather than sort of thinking like a super spy like a superhero he's just reacted to it so that's that's about it for me oh uh okay. the other thing i did want to mention actually much preferred the opening credits for pierce brosner of the pet shop boys than i did for this with our heart by the way uh, I don't know if you've listened to the the soundtrack that was going to be with, with Piers Brosnan rather than Tim Dalton. And it's wet, it's um, Pet Shop Boys that do the do the tune.
0: Okay, no, go. I wasn't aware of that. that. Is it yeah. still the same Living Daylight soundtrack, just a Pet Shop Boys version? No, no,
2: no, completely different song. Same same video, same backing of all the images and silhouetting. Um, but it, as it comes up, the gun comes up across, it says Piers Brosnan, and then it's the Pet Shop Boys that come in with a completely different song.
0: All right, is that something you can find on YouTube, is it? Yes,
2: yeah, it's on YouTube, yeah. yeah. All right, okay, so, not, so
0: uh, that's worth mentioning
2: then for our viewers. If you haven't seen that, go check it out. I certainly haven't seen
0: it, so I'll be yeah. checking it out. No, it's the, it's the alternative
2: opening credits. Okay. Because as Samir said, Piers Brosnan signed up for it. It was ready to go. Yeah, it, yeah, it ready to so go. Yeah. I, I, think, I think it was Tomorrow Never Dies, Piers Brosnan, um, with the pipe uh, the pipeline, the oil pipeline, where they're getting a the thingy and they're going down inside the pipeline, of course, in this film, we see seen it gets into a thing called a pig and he's blasted mm. down the pipeline. But there's quite clearly in the film, as they're panning 90, de- 90 degree bends. Sound the <laughs> what <Which laughs> was that thing going to get around that? I <laughs> they must have designed it, to do it. Yeah, yeah. Well, the, the whole thing was a bit crap, wasn't it? It's like, because what's his face? Bloody Q was never going to do you see the length of the stairs up inside that? What looked oh, yeah. like a Victorian I mean, gas yeah. tower. The guy flashes yeah. like going, "Come on, get on with it." And you're thinking he must have thought, "Fuck off, mate." I'm yeah, did he years old. Yeah, he took <laughs> a pill at the top of it.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Really? I don't know what That's that pill hell was. Hell. Yeah, yeah. You see him out of breath in that, and he, he he knocks something back. I don't know what it was. Don't yeah. think. Come it, on, uh, let's do final thoughts. Fucking yeah. hell, we're a beautiful bleeding night. Oh, <laughs> uh-huh.
1: Lord, at the time. For at least three years, three or four years, they were probably the, the biggest,
2: band. the biggest band. Actually, I know they were. You probably don't like them yet because oh, They're I, the singing and it's terrible. It sounds like they can't be bothered.
1: Uh, 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 well, well, that was, well. That's the that's what the music was like in the uh, no, part of the eighties. No, it wasn't. The music <laughs> was good in the eighties.
2: <laughs> that was yeah, it not was, good. But were the bothered, actual were theme tune. The actual theme tune and all the rest of it, not too bad. Not too no. bad. But get somebody else singing that, you know, well, Pet Shop Boys or Wet, Wet, Wet or Bloody Marty Pello, who was part of Wet, 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 but anyway. He was, you yeah. Know, yeah. Yeah. Would have been better than, than a heart. It was so weak vocals. It sounded I, like a bunch yeah, of... Yeah, it was. He, he wasn't backwards. too
1: happy, actually. The guy who was the lead singer of a heart wasn't too happy because um, I think he didn't want to take on the project as it was because they were one of the biggest bands in the world at the time that, uh, for three or four-year period. And not only that, I think he got a little bit pissed off when they said, by the way, would you like to be one of the henchmen in the background? And he just, I think, lost interest after that because he got nose. So I'm not going to be just someone in the background in the movie as well. So loads yes, of we things see, were happening in the background.
0: See, I read that right, there's two versions of that song. There is the Aha version, which mm-hmm. doesn't have a lot of the orchestral strings in the background. And they were pretty pissed off that in the actual released version of the movie, that John Barry got a, a mention as being a yeah. composer of the actual theme tune because John Barry himself said, I didn't have an awful lot to do with it. So I don't know why they put me on there in the credits, but he introduced, um yeah, there's sort all of the more bond sounding bits to that. Mm. And I think, one of the albums that are half released they they have released a, their version of that song, which is actually one of their crowd favourites. And they uh, they do sing-alongs and stuff at events to that with the lyrics and whatnot. Theme tune, yeah. I think it was a weird... It is weird one, I agree. It's... Um, I didn't dislike it. But then mm. I didn't like it either. It was very strange. Considering, you know, what you've... Very 80s.
2: From. It's very 80s. Oh, very.
0: Very, definitely, very. In fact, all the music... Mm-hmm. All of yeah. the music in this is incredibly 80s. It's very, very clear. Um, but you think about View to a Kill, that soundtrack.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And now this, it's like in it. It's like letting the air out of a balloon just poof, like, fucking out.
2: It's a very different sort of tone, very different speed, very different tone yeah. to it. And I think that's partly because of the changeover between Moore and Dalton. They wanted this new sort of young, vibrant. Um, you know, get go sort of thing, but then you would think of like View to a Kill was much more sort of tempoed to much better, Dalton, yeah, yeah, yeah. Than, um, than that.
0: I mean, thinking of, of Dalton in general as well. Um, I really liked him as Bond, in brilliant, fact, I think. Yeah, th- this Bond movie actually was a real refreshing change for me, and I really enjoyed it. I actually enjoyed watching it. There was Isn't no- it a shame he
2: didn't take it instead of Moore. It would have been interesting to see all of those films before as Timothy Dalton instead of Roger Moore.
0: Yeah. Well, see, Dalton was very hesitant, though, for some reason. You know, right from the early stages, when he was asked to do it and invited to do it, even at this stage, when he accepted for Living Daylights, he was still very, very hesitant about it. I think,
1: also, uh, I'm going to come back to the original Bond, Sean Connery, he would also say, that fucking Bond, that bastard just won't leave me alone. Even when he became a megastar, star, Bond was there, and I think Tim Dalton was. That was where the problem was, and all the actors, even to this day, Daniel Craig says, "I oh, know it's changed my
2: life, and I'm never going to get out of." They're just the shadow saying of that Bond. to be nice to me. You no. can't say the guy was a cunt and he was crap. You know, no, no, and I'm not it, saying he's uh,
1: crap. You, know... you misunderstand <laughs> what I'm saying. I'm not saying he's crap. What I'm saying is they were swearing at Bond, the character, or these right. ac- uh, Conry was. Or, and other actors have said that because they're over whatever they do afterwards.
2: Yeah, there's nothing in uh, comparison. Yeah. yeah,
1: he's Bond. Oh, uh, hmm. ex James Bond. And that's why yes. I think Tim Dalton was sort of saying, Should I? Should I not? Because his acting career would have been overshadowed. and Yeah. So- he yeah.
2: becomes toe tagged, is what you're saying. He becomes yes. toe tagged for being that toe person. Toe tagged that. you mean typecast? Toe tagged Toe tagged Typecast. Same bloody thing. Well, typecast is an acting is acting
0: term. Typecast. So toe tag is when you're fucking dead in it. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. Yeah. Regardless, Pond. I mean, I as I read it, Timothy Dalton, he he did an awful lot of con- lot of pondering on this. About James Bond as a character that he wanted to portray, and not being that sort of jocular fucking dick that Roger Moore portrayed him as. So Timothy Dalton coming in and actually taking this role like semi-seriously. There was very few quips and one-liners in this yeah. movie, which I like. I don't yeah. like all that shit. You know, oh we got the boot. Oh mate, no. You've just killed a geezer. You're not going to say oh we got the boot. Stop it. Stop that shit. But there was very little of that in this film, no. which I really appreciated. And the fact that Timothy Dalton, again, he had a bit of presence about him. Mm. When I was watching it earlier this morning, the part where they walk into the room, the, the, uh, the him and Saunders walk into the room where he's given the sniper rifle. Yeah. He immediately says, turn the light off. And that Saunders fellow just like, oh, and turns the light off. I thought, yes. Bit of fucking bollocks, you know? Yeah, Turn a that's light right, yeah. Bit of authority. You yeah. fucking idiot. Turn the light off what you're doing. I mean, yeah, I like that. Definitely like that. Huh. And it just kind of continued throughout the whole film. He just had presence. The way that he's driving the car, he's looking in the rear view mirror and that, as he's talking, which is something you would do in real life, you know. You. And I suppose overall, my feeling on this is that this film, there's many parts in it that are almost believable. Where a lot of the Roger Moore movies were just so ridiculous. I mean, the Tarzan swing thing is something that I will never forget. Those bits were just ridiculous. Whereas this what? film, it was almost,
2: almost believable. Yeah. But uh, many say that um, uh, License to Kill is, is even better. It's his yeah. better performance than The Living Day Lots because he settles into it even more. So I'm now quite looking forward to be honest, the most of Bond films now, I'm part from. No Time to Die, basically all of Daniel Craig. Between now and The End of Piers Brosnan, I'm quite looking forward to watching all of them. I'm not looking forward to starting off with Daniel Craig.
1: Unfortunately, the audience at the time was so used to uh, Roger Moore's comedy that Tim Dalton's Bond actually had a mixed review, or debut, had a mixed review. Mm -hmm. But to me, as I said, when I first watched it, as a kid, I thought, "Mm." and uh, up to this point, since yesterday, I've changed my mind about Tim Dalton and the Daylights. Like, I didn't really, up to this point, I didn't like but it. But because... there's,
2: there's no awkwardness with this one. There's no, there's no quips. No. There's no, no awkwardness. There's no backhand in a bird, you know, or. He did, he you know, did tap Penny's arse there at one oh, point. Oh, yes, oh, I was going to he... raise that. Well, yeah, we, assume, he... we assume that's what that was, wasn't it? You the, heard the it. We went and doing it, do it yeah. him, was it? No, well, I don't know whether but you don't actually see him doing it, but you No, know no tap, it was tap.
1: enough to know he did did it. So is he that,
2: is that to us to, to were they basically saying that, you know, to us that oh yeah, he's just he's just giving her a little tap on the ass. Yeah, two yeah. taps on the ass, yeah. Yeah. I was I'm glad you raised that because I <laughs> I heard that I rewound it and I thought, no, it is. It is, but she didn't like go, oh or anything no, like because... that. She didn't really move.
1: Yeah, no. but that was uh, that
0: was still. Except days. she went yeah, just sort of like... I mean, I can't uh, do it, obviously, because I'm not sexy. Lusting but... after him, moist at the crutch. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Well, um, it was basically, she was trying to seduce him, like, doing all that uh, thing. I'm not yeah. going to be doing it because I, I look much prettier than her when I do that. But, um, yeah, so I think, yeah, if the new generation saw, uh, they'd be going, oh, my God. Even that bit where he rips that Russian lady's top off and you could, it went... Oh. Uh, the bodyguard comes out and you could see uh, your favourite boot, Justin. Where you could see it, it was see a, bit actually, of, yeah. see a bit of nipple in there. Yeah, yeah a yeah. bit of side boot. First time nip. Yeah, I was thinking about Justin at the time. I thought, oh but Justin's getting a little bit excited there. He's been uh, talking about a bit of a nipple. <laughs> and it's it's uh yeah, yeah. but...
2: I did. I did spot the side nip. Mm.
0: Tim, if you don't want to actually specifically wanted to portray a different character. Mm. He wanted to go yeah. right back to the Bond that was in the books. Correct. Yeah. He's, he's Correct. spoken publicly about that at the time. He said, I want to portray Bond as being this kind of mixed emotions guy, this guy that is is human, like the books portray him, rather than yeah. this like, fucking Roger Moore comedy character. Yeah.
1: I know we we uh, uh, sort of, uh, because we're trying to talk, compare Dalton to Moore. Yeah, Moore was like wasn't great as Bond because he went over the top, but they did actually it was the producer's fault at the time as well because they made it do that to be different to Connery's serious
0: Bond I think they ruined Bond in that period of the uh, seven movies he did. I agree completely. I think, now you must look back um, I guess Barbara Broccoli at this stage, you know, because she's still involved in it all, she must look back at the whole line of films, the whole, all the actors that played him and thought she must have thought, Roger Moore doing James Bond, big mistake. Probably, I'll probably change that if I could go back in history.
2: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, you're probably but, right.
1: But unfortunately, because of, of Moore, the public didn't accept it at the time, as well as they should have. Because another thing is, uh, we'll probably talk about it after the license, to kill with more details. But it's a shame we never got a chance to do a third one because of legal reasons. Because I think if that happened, if there was no legal uh, issues, I don't think we would have seen Pierce Brosnan because I I think Dalton would have gone on to do do another two or three. Okay.
0: Well, unless anyone else got anything to add? No? No, No. let's fucking score it then, shall we? I
1: can't believe it this time. And I'm going to surprise you guys. Last time last time Bond was out, I gave a very low three. And you know why. Hmm. But this time it's a massive improvement. I'm going to give it eight. Yep. Because I enjoyed it. As I said, I didn't like living daylights that,
0: before this. Is that because of the change in Bond and the character or because of the storyline?
2: Or oh, because it brings you back as a 10-year-old wanking a lot.
0: <laughs> a 10-year-old wanker.
1: <laughs> Play it. I'll put probably start a little bit early but, uh, at 10, but uh... <laughs> no I think it's just a case because of the character, how it changed uh, not the storyline uh, itself but I thought that's what Bond's in uh, about it's, it's a serious spy story, it's meant to be a guy who's out there to kill the enemy on a mission, it's not about doing one liners, being comedy you didn't have the old dumb sort of Corny sort of jokes. No, don't don't. Did do that sort of one liner, uh, um uh, like uh, corrosion or something when the car he uh sort of chopped the bottom of the larder. But even those one liners were serious rather than being comedy. Mm. And not only that, unlike one thing that other bonds have not done since Conry did was smoke,
0: he yes. actually smoked, and that yeah, they did, what... did, yeah. And yeah, that's like on what cigarettes I as well, about. rather than cigars. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly,
1: and that's what Bond was. Bond was a seventy or seventy or eighty or hundred day uh, cigarette person, and that's what he brought. And that's why I thought. Okay. Roger Moore
2: didn't smoke at all, though, did he? Yeah, he only smoked cigars. Cigars, cigars.
1: Only cigars. That's why I liked it. It was back to basics, to true Bond. There was uh, gadgets, but not over the top like the Roger Moore years as well.
2: Yeah, but well, I'm going to give it a seven. Really. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, because for me this is it is a bit of a reboot, reset. or everything I agree with everything you said, Samir. Um, and I start liking the bonds more and more from here. So I, I envisage my scores are going to be um, you know seven upwards now, uh, on on some of these bonds. I think it might be a generation thing as well, you know. I do maybe think it's if, that, yeah. Uh, you know, maybe if we were if, if you know if our dads were here, you know, by our sides um they may well disagree they might say well no actually you know i remember going to cinema in 1979 or 69 or 62 whatever it was and you know you don't know what you were missing lads. you know life was yeah. then you get this whole fucking speech about life was so easy then and uh you know etc you know you go to the it, club it, and get a chocolate bar you know didn't have a ration book and all that shit you know see, <laughs> uh, like
1: you say, it's a said gener- yeah. it is a generation thing um my father my father will always say there's only one James one and that's Sean Connery. And oh that's why I've been influenced from that. But as a kid, I liked more because that was a comedy that you wanted as a kid. But the older I became, I realised that's not what Bond's about. And that's why I went back to
0: uh, liking Connery. That's a really interesting point you raised there, is that this whole Roger Moore era with the comedy and stuff, were they looking to attract in a younger audience at that time? Yeah to try and build brand loyalty and future viewers and stuff. That is something that, you know, that the bean counters at the office were probably thinking is that let's get this kind of comedic role. If you remember Jaws was brought back due to popular demand due to children's letters. Yes. He was brought back in and had a love interest in that fucking dog shit movie. So I do think that, yeah, there was an element of that is like trying to get a newer, younger audience involved here. And um, Which is what I think they're doing now with the uh, No Time to Die, is I think that they're they're aiming at the Gen Z generation. They're trying to get mm. those those people in to build up more future brand loyalty, etc. Yeah. Anyway, my score for this particular movie was a seven as well, and I like the story. We haven't. It's funny, right? We haven't really mentioned the story. We haven't mentioned the, no. the, the Bond girl in this either. Really, we have not mentioned her at all. Because um, it, it was a
2: very flat part for her, really. It's a bit boring. But, a
0: but not only that, I
1: think uh, if you look at what she did at the end, she ran off with the machine gun in the desert. I think it was the beginning of the end of the traditional Bond girls where she would go, oh, James, and just fall in. Uh, in well, in she did hands. do
2: that, though, at the end of the she film. She did,
1: but not yeah. not to <laughs> the point beforehand.
0: Yeah. But anyway, regarding the, the storyline and supporting actors as well, I mean. Um... Art Malik did quite well as that a guy who was yeah. part of the Mujahideen. Um, the the guy that played the KGB head officer that played Pushkin. I can't remember yes. his name now off the top of my head. Um, something Ryan Jones or something. Yeah, uh, John um,
2: Don something. Yeah,
0: he's quite quite a good actor. I thought he did a good part. And of course, I've got that American actor as well whose name again I cannot remember now. Baker um, Don Baker. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah, he comes um, back
1: in the Bond movies in the future.
0: He's yeah, quite he does. good. Yeah. He's he's quite a unique looking fella and quite a unique yeah. actor. Um, he was quite good. The storyline I felt had a flow through it. You know, you watch the film from the beginning to the end, and it had a very clear start, middle, and end. It yeah. didn't go off all over the fucking place. You know, one yes. minute's about this, the next minute's about that, and you know, forget that bit, don't worry about that. We'll come back to that later. And there's none of that, it just flowed. Should we wrap it up then? Yeah, mm. yeah. Brilliant. Okay all right well as usual we do the usual bits of social media so we're on facebook we're on twitter we're on minds.com we're on get that's a new one get we're on there um twitter i post stuff on twitter our website 118.com is the central hub of everything that we do It's all there spotify you can listen to us apple Podcasts. you can find us fucking everywhere just look up 118 and we're all over the place we're just spraying it all over the place just Well, let's go then, shall we? So, it's goodbye from me.
2: And it's goodbye from them. It's goodbye from me.
0: It's goodnight from me.